Creating your own reality. Is it possible for me? I am Jennifer Cahill, the Consciousness Architect, and I am here to tell you that it's not only possible, it's closer than you might think. Welcome to the show. Hello, friends, and thank you so much for being here for another episode of Regarding Consciousness. I am Jennifer K. Hill, the CEO of OptiMatch, OM.app, and also host of this show. And it is my privilege and honor to bring you brilliant thought leaders, minds from around the world, ranging from scientists and authors and a variety of different people sharing their thoughts on what consciousness means to them. Today, we have a special guest, and as many of our guests are, a dear friend of mine here in Portugal. Amanda F. Thimiu is a psychedelic wellness advocate, speaker, writer, and facilitator. She founded Integra to support retreat centers and facilitators in designing integration programs that help people find meaning and healing from their experiences with altered states of consciousness. She bridges traditional wisdom with contemporary practices through her experiences in the nonprofit sector. Previously at El Puente Foundation, which facilitates forest regeneration and bioculture preservation of indigenous medicines in the Amazon basin. She received her MSc in neuroscience and psychology of mental support, where she focused on the integrative effects of plant medicines based plant medicines such as psilocybin with traditional psychotherapy for mental health outcomes. Amanda, thanks so much for being here. Thank you, Jennifer. Pleasure. Yeah, I remember we were introduced by a mutual friend of ours, Floor, a few years back. And I was really fascinated to learn about your journey. Here you are where you've spent most of your life working on understanding human beings and understanding the forests, the plants, the medicines. Tell us a little bit about your journey and how this came to be your passion. The world of plant medicine actually came to me about eight, nine years ago. I was living in the United States and I was truly suffering from mental health issues, anxiety, crippling anxiety. I was taking all sorts of pharmaceutical drugs more as a Band-Aid to cover up a lot of the symptoms and the suffering that I was feeling. And I knew that there was something more than I, that I really needed to do to help myself. This wasn't the final answer for me, it was not getting better. And I started experimenting with different forms of altered states and embodiment practices, yoga and meditation. And I was introduced to plant medicine at that time. And after experiencing these powerful effects of these plant medicines, specifically ayahuasca, what happened was it opened the door for me to actually take my power back and to take control over my own healing process. It by no means cured my anxiety overnight, but it awakened this, this inner resilience in me and this trust in my own healing and that I could actually be the one to uncover the root causes of why I was suffering the way I was. And so plant medicine since then has been a really important part of my life. And I chose to dedicate now my time in helping others to integrate these profound experiences into their daily life, whether they're curious and healthy individuals or they're like me and they're going through, at the time, they're really going through some very deep emotional and psychological challenges. 
I resonate deeply with that, Amanda. When a few years ago, I was invited to do my first plant medicine ceremony. And I remember, much like you, for me, I'd always had kind of anything from low level to very high level anxiety, including sometimes full-blown panic attacks on airplanes or in crowded areas. And it was incapacitating. And then fast forward to a few years ago when I did my first ceremony, in my case with psilocybin, I was blown away that where if David Hawkins levels of consciousness, he's written a lot of wonderful books, Letting Go, Power Versus Force. And he talks about how the base levels of consciousness, for example, might be fear or anger or shame. And yet as we elevate these levels of consciousness that we're experiencing, we can eventually move to love, to joy, to peace and beyond the rational mind. And I remember so clearly, Amanda, that when I went through this process, I hit a frequency of joy. And it was like this thing that so powerful because it's not that you have to do plant medicine every day for the rest of your life to sustain that feeling. It's that you have this one incredible experience and you level up your vibration. And for me, I felt like I had been sitting in the vibration of love, which was a beautiful place to be for a few years. And then in this moment, when I went through this transformational process and journey, it hit this vibration of joy. And that has been my new set point going forward. And I know that's one of your areas of expertise is in this integration process. I think for so many of us, we might have this aha, profound moment during ayahuasca or psilocybin or whatever it might be. And yet the question is not as much what are you feeling in the moment, but what are the lessons? How do you sustain that? How do you embody that consciousness post-medicine journey? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Absolutely. You mentioned this. We have these peak moments, these experiences where suddenly everything makes sense for you. You had this felt sense of joy for me personally. I gained this found this sense of self-respect for my own body and for my own being and my own consciousness. And for many people, there's this incredible window of opportunity where we're experiencing these feelings and it's really in the felt sense. We're feeling it in our bodies and we know it's there and we know it to be true. And it's amazing how over time, when we go back to our ordinary lives, we go from that extraordinary back to reality, we might forget, we might not remember what that felt like in the moment. And so integration is this translation of these extraordinary experiences and making them really meaningful and sustainable and impactful in our daily life. And that can look like a lot of different things for many different people. And for some, it's really about revisiting the actual experience itself through different anchor points, like revisiting the music that was played or setting oneself up in a ceremony or in a ritual not with the plant medicine itself, but setting that environment and that stage so that they can tap into what that consciousness really was for them. And for others, it's, it's working in the language that they most understand it to be, whether it be through journaling practice or continuing and deepening a meditation practice or entering into more of a somatic experiencing, ecstatic dance. There's so many different ways that we can revisit these states without working with that tremendous peak experience. However, what is important is being able to sustain that feeling and to revisit that feeling or else in many ways, what is it that really happened? What was the point of it all, right? If we're not actually working with 
the lessons and the learnings in our daily life. It's a very valid point. All things at the end of the day are vibration. And I think the plant medicines and our consciousness, when we elevate it during these plant medicine ceremonies, it allows us to reach different levels of frequency and vibration from a quantum physics standpoint. And then it's about sustaining it to your point. It was very funny. A dear friend of mine recently sent me a video that was pretty powerful on YouTube. And it was actually explaining how thousands and thousands of years ago in the Greek times, there were these famous drinks that people would have that were these elixirs of life. And the whole video was about how in order to experience ecstasy, bliss, joy, you can't have that unless you really reach the sense of death before dying. And I think that's so many of us live our lives in a perpetual state of fear and terror for that moment that at some point or another, we haven't solved it yet, we're all going to die at some point. And whether you hit a transcendental state meditation, I know for me, it happened about a decade ago. I was doing long before I ever did any plant medicine journeys. I was doing a normal meditation. And the funny thing was, I was a bit hungover, if I'm being totally honest. It was like 4 a.m. I'd been the night before at this wine cruise thing on this boat in the middle of the south of France. And everybody was dead asleep, Amanda. And as I went through this process, I started doing just my typical meditation that morning. And I'm meditating, saying my mantra, and then boom, just like that, I dropped out of space and time. And it's the only time this has ever happened to me in quite that way, where I was just saying my mantra. And then next thing you know, I was everything and nothing. I couldn't find my body. I didn't know right from left, up from down. All there was endless nothingness and everythingness. And I had one of my teachers explain to me not long after that, that's the equivalent of death before dying, which I think is something that dating back thousands of years to the Grecian times, and we can read about it in different writings. It's this idea of dropping and allowing that ego to die and so that the new self can be reborn, which I think is a lot of the consciousness around plant medicines, correct? Absolutely. So plant medicine is really about visiting that concept of ego death or ego dissolution and coming to a point, to a very specific point where we no longer identify with self. Perhaps we leave our body completely. Perhaps we're having this bird's eye view of what's happening around us. And it allows us to really detach from the directness of our experience that might actually be quite painful for some some plant medicines, for example, they help people with a depressive state so that they can extract themselves from the identification with being depressed or feel or having those feelings of depression. And they can take a broader view and actually see that they are more than this. And they are not that piece that's actually creating such challenge. And ego death and really reaching this point of almost nothingness can happen with these plant medicines. And it's interesting to me. When you talk about plants and plant consciousness and how the context and the environment in which we're working with these plants can actually affect our, the messages and the insights that we receive from them. So when we think of, for example, in an indigenous, my experience with indigenous communities that work with ayahuasca medicine, they can be preparing. There's this ayahuasca is a unique combination of two very special um, plants. One is the Banisteriasis copy vine, and the other is the chacruna. And the chacruna is what contains DMT. And 
the vine is actually an inhibitor of harmine. And so it extends the potential of this DMT and makes it more long lasting in the body. And so this unique brew of these two plants, when put together, it's prepared in very different ways by different communities. It's facilitated with within a different framework or reference. Music is different. The practices, the opening, the introduction to the medicine, the way it's distributed, the way it's used and facilitated in an experience, in a ceremony or ritual, highly differs from one community to another. And the individuals who are experiencing that medicine are also receiving it differently, right? You have the same plant brewed in a different way, administered through a different practice, received by individuals, yet it's showing us very different things according to who we are and where we come from, our worldview, according to the way that the shaman or the facilitator wants this plant to be made visible to us. And so when I think of plant consciousness, does it have a consciousness? Perhaps it does indeed, because it's unique to all of us. It's sending us very different messages according to where we are in time and space. And the vibration changes according to where we are in our ability to receive what it is that it's meant to be shared. And so I just find that fascinating. We have the same plant, but according to environment, to tradition, it's completely unique. I think it's very powerful if we reflect on that further that all things have consciousness. When, as Don Hoffman, who was with us a few episodes ago with Deepak Chopra, shared in his mathematical formula for consciousness, he purports, what if consciousness is fundamental, as are these ideas of things he calls conscious agents? And according to his mathematical theory, all things are made up of consciousness. And I think that's where I think we're being called to reevaluate how we interact with anything, whether it's a person, a plant medicine. I see it happen all the time with just normal day-to-day foods. I was at a thing last night with a friend and she had ordered pizza. And one of the guys said, oh, I was supposed to do no carbs today, but I guess I'll be bad and have pizza. And all things, if we tell ourselves something is bad for us, whether it's pizza, whether it's plant medicine, whether it's traveling or doing something, the consciousness with which we interact with anything, whether it's a person, a food, a place, is going to directly correlate to our experience of that. And I think that's what plant medicine could, if you're open to it, give you access to, is to removing those filters, is that we live life like a horse on a racetrack where we have those filters, those little eye covers, so all we can see is what's right in front of us. And my experience of plant medicine is that it removes those limiting filters and gives us this expansive 360-degree view of the potentiality of all the ways that we or life could show up or those around us. Absolutely. They're very much considered in the psychedelics or plant medicine space. They're considered teachers, right? They are teachers. Many of the facilitators and spiritual leaders who work with these medicines, they really take the step back and they say, we're just a vehicle by which these teachers are able to be channeled so that we can receive that. It's really interesting how, if you think of the history of how these plant medicines started to become more and more entering our consciousness, the original the original use of sacred plants, hallucinogenic plants, such as ayahuasca and others, was actually only 
through the vehicle or the body of that shaman or spiritual leader. And so a community would come with a particular problem that they had or a challenge or a group or community issue that they needed to solve. And they would come to that spiritual leader and they would be ingesting the medicine and provide the answers to others. And then over time, you had some of these Western anthropologists who came and who were watching these spiritual leaders enter these trance-like states, and they were curious, and they also wanted to work with this medicine. And over time now, the medicine or these plant consciousness is now working with all of us. So what does that say about we're now being tasked to be to do and the responsibility that we have to be working with these medicines that are giving us such extraordinary insights? And I do feel that we're entering this era now where we're ready for it. We're ready to be working with this. This is not just the guru or the leader or something where we externalize all of our decision-making, all of our power. We give that to one entity. Actually, no, we are that powerful being. We are able to channel that and to make those decisions and to create for ourselves. And I do think that's a really beautiful gift that these teachers, these consciousness teachers are giving us. Yeah, I remember very clearly going to my first ayahuasca ceremony. I had no idea what to expect. I just had a lot of friends who had been in the space for a while. And for me, because I love praying, anybody who's been listening or watching the show, I love to pray and meditate every day. I haven't missed a day for about 10 years. And what was fascinating for me is it was just like a six-hour conversation with God. Neil Donald Walsh's book, Talking Conversations with God, I remember very clearly I was sitting in the corner of this room of 10 or 15 people and I was just like, oh, hi, God, it's me, Jen, who's, hey, God, it's me, Margaret, like that whole thing. And I just sat there and had a six-hour conversation of just this beautiful unfoldment. And I think what's really powerful is when we're in our egoic mind, when we're in our conscious egoic mind, it's sometimes hard to differentiate. I get asked this all the time from the people I coach and mentor. What is my heart or soul or purpose or higher self trying to tell me or God or whatever you want to call it, source? And what is my ego? And I think that what's really beautiful is when you're in these altered states of any sort, it could be a deep meditation, breath work, plant medicine, what have you, is that the veil becomes thinner. In Kabbalah, they call it the 10 luminous emanations or the 10 curtains, where essentially there's all this beautiful, endless light. And yet it's covered and it's hidden from us because we wouldn't be able to handle it. And yet when we go into these altered states of consciousness, it's like we're pulling back the curtain and we're able to distinguish and differentiate between that egoic mind, that desire to receive for the self alone, and differentiate between that higher self, that universal consciousness. And that's where I think a lot of people I've spoken with, whether it's been psilocybin, ayahuasca, ibogaine, whatever the the medicine is, they're able to get these deep answers to questions that have been plaguing them since their earliest existence. Yes. And I feel that to extend on that, to expand on this, the way that these medicines are actually doing their work to get us out of that egoic mind and actually to understand that this is really their deep purpose, this is where the truth lies, is actually to bring it out of that mind and into the body. So these medicines are really teachers of how we listen to our own body and the way that the messages that it's trying to tell us. I know that lately I've been really cultivating this intuition on the surface of my skin. When something is 
really resonant for me. My skin prickles in a certain way. It feels almost a little cool. And it's funny, but when an answer feels right, this is what I, this is where it comes. And I feel that these medicines are actually showing us the different ways where we can start to interpret our own body and feel what it is that is truth for us. And that naturally, the more we step away from what's happening in the mind, the more we're going in here into our heart and into the gut, even this is where we can start making decisions that come from a real authentic place. And integration, of course, is the practice of cultivating that so that we continue to work with the body long after these maybe more mind perceptual changes, these big transformative experiences with medicine long after that subsides. Yeah, I think so many of us, we disassociate with our bodies. We go through, maybe it's an abusive childhood, a tough breakup, whatever it is, somebody who demeans or shames us at some point in our lives. And I think that we put these blockages and we stop feeling our hearts, we stop feeling our bodies, and we lose that deep connection. And that is the somatic element that you're talking about. And I want to be very clear to everybody out there. We're not saying run out there and do plant medicine. Please check with your doctors, check with whomever, check and be sure it's illegal wherever in the world you're listening or watching from. These are all important things to consider. Though I think the message that I'd love everybody to explore and take away from this conversation with Amanda today is to explore how can you connect more deeply with your body and your soul and integrate the two with this idea of the mind and the spirit, because it can be painful if we live our whole lives, 10, 20, 40, 70, 80 years, however long we're lucky enough to be alive, and we don't have this opportunity to integrate, it can leave us with this sense of loneliness, longing, pain, or confusion. And I think all of this work, meditation, breath work, plant medicine, integration, journaling, it allows us to come back more fully into the wholeness and the gestalt of ourselves and the world. And so, Amanda, share with us, was there anything I didn't get to ask you today that you would love to leave our listeners or our viewers with that you would love to share that maybe we didn't get to touch on during today's episode? Well, I think we covered quite a beautiful, it was, it was a beautiful array of the practical, but also a bit of the zooming out and what this is really what plant medicines are here to teach us. I would just reiterate that truly the reason why many of these plant-based medicines, these consciousness through plants is coming here is to show us that we have, that medicine is actually within us. It's there to show us that regardless of these experiences that we're receiving, we are the ones that can ultimately work with them to better ourselves, our relationships and our connection to the natural world and to the world around us. And just to remember that if we feel in doubt, if we're going through any really challenging experiences with mental illness or physical illness, that when we really get back in touch with self and realize we are the medicine that we seek, the path becomes more clear. Just to leave with that. So beautiful. It reminds me of the first message I ever heard from grandmothers, which is what a lot of us call ayahuasca as grandmother. I remember hearing a message and she said, remember, Everyone is always doing the very best they can in every moment, and that includes you. And that has been my mantra ever since I heard mm. that several years ago. And it's a good mantra to live by if we can just give ourselves that little bit of extra grace and then extend that to others. That is the secret sauce to a miraculous life. So 
Amanda, where would people connect with you if they wanted to, if they want to learn more about your integration services? How do they find out about you? Yeah, so people can connect with me on my website, amandafthenew.com. Integra.guide is my integration site, and you can learn more about how designing integration looks like in your life. But also if you are a retreat center or facilitator, I offer integration training for coaches and guides and therapists as well. And people can find me on Instagram as well. I can send you all of this. And I also have a newsletter called Healing Beyond Medicine, where I just a lot of musings on integration, what that means for collective, for the culture, society that we live in now can sign up for that as well. Thank you so much, Amanda, for being here with us today, sharing your wisdom and the wisdom and light of plant medicines for anybody out there, inquiring minds who might want to delve a little bit deeper into this. I know it's definitely made a profound difference in my lives, my life and lives. That's a <laughs> that's funny. If you think about it, that's a whole other conversation. We'll have to do an interview on past lives and what that all means. I really feel like it's made a difference in my life and the lives of a lot of people I know around me. So intending that each and every one of you who you're listening, you're watching out there, that perhaps you took away some pearl of wisdom and whether or not you ever choose to explore plant medicine, that you open your heart, mind, body, spirit, and consciousness up to receiving the levels of your soul that are yearning to be made true through who you are as a human being. I am Jennifer K. Hill, and it's a pleasure to be here with you today. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much for joining us today for another episode of Regarding Consciousness with Jennifer K. Hill. We would love it if you would take a moment and write a review for us or rate us on Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon, or whatever your favorite podcast platform is. And if you'd like to stay in touch and find out about upcoming events with some of the amazing guests we've had on the show, like Deepak Chopra and other world thought leaders, feel free to join my email list at metabizics, M-E-T-A-B-I-Z-I-C-S dot com. Again, that's metabizics.com. And you can go ahead and join our email list there. Thanks so much. And we look forward to having you join us next week.